Are y'all ready for uh, group therapy?
the usual kind of conversation that we had. And Beverly had suggested, yeah, I haven't seen you much. The only time we ever see you is at funerals. I'll let that slide too. <laughs> 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 and, and I think with discernment and wisdom, no, there was no good reason to bring up something. Yeah, well, you mean you meet at funerals, but you didn't come to mom's. You, know, you, can't, you can't be doing that kind of stuff, right? But you wanted to. No, I didn't want to. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Is what do you do? When is it wise to let it go? Keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. Don't stir it. Don't do anything. Suck it up. <laughs> you remember now? I'm, I'm going to the idea. When is it Christian to suck it up? When is it the best Christian sort of thing to do to deal with it? Nelson, uh, let me take up things. Uh, did I say all last week Nelson Mandela said that we had 20 years in prison? Resentment is like, listen to this, drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. That's pretty well on the mark, and Resentment like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. <coughs> and again, you know, uh, serendipitously things happen. So after our lesson last week, I'm riding to Alabama in the wee hours of the morning, Monday, listening to a psychiatrist talk. It's called Continuing Medical Education. You have to listen to stuff. And this is a guy by the name of Breitbart, who I don't know by reputation. And he's up out of uh, Chicago, I think. And this guy has become an expert in working with people who have terminal illnesses, essentially cancers of one sort or another, and people who are dying. And this guy said something that struck me, and I'm going to tell you about it, and we'll see what you think about it. He said that, you know, one of the things that you do in working with, with folks that are dying, if you are therapists, is to try to help them come to grips with dying. Sounds good, right? Come to grips with dying. And here's what he said that grabbed me. He said, the trick in coming to grips with dying <coughs> is really coming to grips with the life that you are living. Whoa! I can die with peace if I am at peace about my living. If I'm not at peace about my living, don't expect me to die real chilled out. How's that great? So therefore, this, that's <coughs> pertinent to our subject of the significance of forgiveness. So, the question again from last week is, if all of us know all of this stuff up in our heads, why is it so commonly so difficult? I mean, I could tell you several things, but it would be, it would uh, give you several examples of that, but it would end up being what you call gossip, and I ain't going to do it. Um, <laughs> but what is it that that we that we know about forgiveness. 
and the need of it. And remembering also that forgiveness is primarily for the benefit of the one doing the forgiving. Getting rid of it, unloading it, letting it go. I used to, I tell people, you know, as a therapist, you have little, those kind of stories I tell, but it's like the little train that could. And uh, if you take the little train that could, you put about 50 boxcar loads of heavy stuff in it, then the little train that could is going to have trouble going up the next hill. And that what you do when you have too much that's loaded up behind you, and you have to have permission of yourself to back off on the siding and get out and disconnect. So how do we get the permission to disconnect? If it is true that uh, resentment and, and unresolved hurt, whatever language you want to put on it, is deadly. Deadly to us. So here's my question to you today. So when is it wise to avoid conflict, leave it alone, get over it, be big, suck it up, let it go? When is that wise and when is it not wise? And why do we have so much trouble with it? Right? Am I the only one that thinks we have trouble <laughs> And each of the therapists is of the opinion that 100% of us are blind to our own selves. You want to start talking about getting some insight. I mean, I, I just think insight is kind of a fancy little word that therapists use. They don't mean much of anything. Extraordinarily difficult. I still can excuse anything and everything about me and my quirks any old time I want to. Y'all with me? And there are times when I'm uh, uh, happy to be right. <laughs> <laughs> I told him last week, well, that a man has two choices in life. He can either be right or he can be happy but not both at the same time. <laughs> and it is true. You know that. Uh, and uh, why is it that we sometimes choose to be right? And what is it that gets in the way? Why? Yes. Back to your original question, I think the answer is always. And let me tell you why I think that. I look at the example we have, and this is God and Christ. We have total forgiveness. Now, God always, if you want to use the term, sucks it up yes. and forgives us. Yes. So, shouldn't we use Him as our example? You bet. And that's a wonderful review of your theology. And we all know that, George. Mm -hmm. Right? All of us are Christians. We do know that. Well, I think it, but do I practice it? Well, that's 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 the, the difficulty. What is it that keeps us from practicing it? What's the matter with us? Self-centered. Oh my God. So. Is anybody else in here self-centered other than him? 
what do you think? I, I'm thinking that's got to be the big. 100% of us love our opinions and our views. And I love mine because they're usually the ones that are right. You <laughs> 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 be right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm over here. You're going to whip out on me now, George. A lot of times you don't do that because you don't have all the facts. Mm -hmm. You assume you have all the facts, but you don't have the perspective of a lot of the other person or a lot of the other people. Yeah. In fact, Scott Peck in his book talks about confrontation. And confrontation allows you to get all the facts out so that you know the same facts that the other person knows. And you'll only do that if you look them in the eye and talk about them. Mm -hmm. Um. So why don't we do it? Oh. It's not comfortable. Yeah. And um, <coughs> just because uh, there is another little thing that says just because I believe it doesn't make it true. So do you think then that we hold on to hurt because there, there may be a distortion in the facts and we may we may be missed at somebody or feelings have been hurt or something and we're struggling to get over it and we're we're, we're uh, ascribing to the other person some motive or or well that's just the way he is you know what do you expect well or somebody does something not realizing the impact it has on somebody else that somebody else picks it up and says and interprets it and gets a totally different view of what happens. So why aren't we willing then to do the work that it would take to attempt to straighten it out? Because not every attempt to straighten it out is going to work, right? Is it the fact that not every attempt to straighten it out works? Is that what slows us down and makes us scared of it? The fear. Is that what makes us afraid of it? The fear. Are we afraid that if we bring it up, all we're going to do is make it worse? Or we may not bring it up because we don't know, we don't want to know the real facts. We are comfortable with our opinion yeah. and the interpretation, and we, we're not interested. What if I said most of the time I'm too stupid to realize what you just said? <laughs> I'm still going on the basis that I do know. You know, uh, and and I'm probably going to operate on that. That's a that's a sophisticated piece of thinking there. Well, I probably don't really know what this is all about. So really, what I really need to do is give them a ring or sit down and have a cup of coffee. Out. I mean, I think that's great. Uh, the scripture would would advise that too. <coughs> but what gets what gets in the way? We're human, and you know what, what is it about being human? Well, That's a we, good excuse. We're, we're prejudiced and prejudiced. having the facts. Well, your facts are wrong. Mine are right. <laughs> All right, let's go. On. Let's let's just do. It. We're prejudiced. Are we hard-headed? Yes, you are. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking to my wife. <laughs> are we? Are you hard-headed? I am hard-headed. 
I'm not hard-headed. <laughs> we're all hard-headed, we're all sinners, and a lot of times we just don't care about it. We, we're angry, and sometimes we, we relish the anger of getting angry at somebody, whether they cut in line, and they do know when they're doing something wrong. Most of the time, we do know when we cut somebody off. We're in a hurry, and they don't realize that we're more important than they are. So we're human, we're sinners, and we know what we should do, but we don't do it. A man has an opinion and there's no woman around to hear it and tell him that he's wrong. Is he still wrong anyhow? <laughs> you gotta remember the age of this group. You got it. You got it too far above my head now. <laughs> Are we not like what the man just said? Sometimes I don't think it's the fear of confronting somebody as much as the pain of doing it. We don't want to put ourselves through that pain. So, you know, we don't do the things we should and we don't confront the people that we shouldn't because of that. Okay. Um, so we could use some other words, you know, around uh, fear, you know, we're anxious about it or we're uncertain or we're uh, I would say when fear we're afraid that if we try it, it's not going to work. Um, I think that sometimes um, we're afraid because there might be something about me that comes out in the confrontation mm -hmm. that I don't want. Um, you mean the person we're talking to may say, well, the reason I said that about you, the reason I feel that way is because of, and then he tells me something that I have done. Mm -hmm. That which he probably has gotten wrong, right? Right. <laughs> uh, he tells me something I have done, and then I'm going to have to consider that it it was to some degree my fault, or might have been completely my fault. You don't think I could be boneheaded enough to do that, do you? Uh, hold on now. <laughs> Another dimension, and I haven't really thought this through, but this dimension might be how well do you, or what is the value of the relationship between you and the other person? If you want to heal it, you will heal it. If you don't value that relationship highly, you may elect to not try to heal it. And I think the corollary of that is. When whatever that hesitancy is, whether the relationship is that valuable um, or not, um, that when we do let it age a little bit, we create a little emotional and maybe a little social distance. And we back away from it, and now we are setting ourselves up to just let it simmer. You take it to the nth degree, and that is when you go down the highway and you inadvertently cut somebody off to get off to the right. You'll never see that person again, so you know, you don't try to ask for forgiveness or whatever. You just go on and say, I don't know. Yeah. 
uh, sometimes when I recognize, I wave my hand, you know, or something. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but that, what about the times when I cut them off and didn't even see it? That's when you get down on your knees and you ask God for forgiveness for all yeah. the sins you made not The scripture says, <laughs> agree with Agree with your adversary quickly, right there in the middle of the street, right there on the sidewalk, right there in the way. That means like right now. And then follows it up with don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But we don't pay that any attention there. <laughs> I don't know. Now, we talk about how valuable somebody is to you. When we talk about my re my relationship surging, I can't go to sleep until we settle that. It's just me, you know. I, I'm, I, I'm, I can't risk that one. We're going we're gonna to settle it before we go to bed. Uh, it tears, just tears me up too much. To, you understand what I'm saying? Sure. As long as we understand that she's right. Yeah. <laughs> There is a mechanism. You back into do something that's wrong, but do something. Do something that's just wrong, but do something. Before you do that, you ask five questions. All right. What, why, when, where, and how. That sounds great. Can you do that? You've been practicing it? Thank you. Well, then all of them, I think of one rule of law. Y'all understand what he's saying? Now, see what he, 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 he's given us a, 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 a very sophisticated way to look at it. And if we actually would do it, we, we would probably benefit. Um, what would keep us from asking what, how, when, where, and why, and what would go? How? We don't want to know the answer. <laughs> well, we've already made up our mind. Right. Why ask the question if you already have the answer? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe, again, afraid, afraid to broke you, afraid to go too much further with it. Are you talking about doing that all within yourself? I'm going to think all this through. What if you come up with a piece of it that you don't know about? You're going to have to go ask that other person. That's true. You don't have all the answers. Uh-huh. But you've got to go through some kind of a process to get there. If we're going to, if we're going to resolve, it's going to cost us something. Yes, I agree. I think every time we're faced with this situation, whatever it might be, uh, you make a choice. Are we willing to go along with the relatively mild discomfort we're feeling by hanging on to it? Or do we want to risk confronting it, maybe going through some extreme emotional pain to get to the other side? Okay, the, the cost, the emotional, the painful cost. Uh, sometimes the confrontation, somebody says something, and they meant to say it. They meant to hurt you. Uh -huh. And to give, you've got to come to terms with how you're going to react to that. What does your forgiveness mean? 
in other words, are you going to completely forget it? Or are you going to realize this person has this grudge against you, there's nothing you can do about, and you will just, uh, that relationship is over? Or you, you know, how are you going to react? What if I say, and the next thing I say when I'm thinking mm -hmm. that, and I say, it's not going to do any good about that. That's just the way he is. Yeah. 
There is going to be a risk. Yes. You're going to have to, even if so, you go through the steps, whichever is more comfortable and you set up and you talk about it and this and that and the other thing, and the person says, well, you may be curious because blah, 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 and you can't resolve it by saying, I'm sorry, I didn't really understand. Well, yeah. Okay. The resolution is that it's be everybody's happy and story. Let's be buddies again. It may just be not. And we may not ever be buddies again. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Well, your situation that you're in at that particular time, because you entered in that situation, you did try to do something. Exactly. Might pay fruit five years down the road. Yeah. And might turn that person around. That it might. Old it old might. Old. Yes. Well, it sounds like in the end, it's more. What the truth is, and once we get the truth, what we're going to do with it, that uh, whole suspect. You, you, you are afraid to find out because you might find out that uh, you are not as right as you think you are. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then you have to do something about it. And so it's more a fright of what the truth is. And once you find the truth, what do you do with it? At that point? Okay. I think we tend to all operate mentally at the conclusion level. And the conclusion level, by definition, is a judgment. Mm -hmm. We concluded something, so we're making a judgment. Mm -hmm. We talk about distorting the facts. The facts are the facts. They are clear, distinct. Your cousins didn't show up. That's the fact. Now, what you tend to do and what we tend to do with the great thing that God gave us is we select information from those facts that's important to us. Mm -hmm. Then we make some assumptions mm -hmm. about that, and then we draw conclusions. That's the one that makes an ass out of you and me. Exactly. <laughs> so the fact is they didn't show up to the funeral. You selected data that basically said... You know, I don't really like that. Made some assumptions is that they don't care and concluded that they may not be very nice people. Right? On the other hand, they selected that data that said, well, we haven't seen him in a long time. It may not matter. They draw some conclusions that says, well, it probably won't matter if we don't go. And they act on that conclusion. Right? But we base that selection on our experiences and our culture and our environment that we grew up with. Sure. And everybody's different. Okay. So what we select, and I use an example sometimes of a political speech, uh -huh. same speech, that's the facts. One side of the aisle picks data that's important to them. The other side picks data that's important to them based on their experiences. They draw conclusions. One says it was a great speech. The other one said it was a terrible speech. Same speech. And that's just the way us human beings are. <laughs> are we all like that? We all go up that ladder to a conclusion, and then what happens is if we don't get back down to the facts, you never, re you never resolve anything when you're operating at the conclusion judgment level. So what can we do now as a, as a group of Christians? What, little, what things can we share with each other here in a couple of minutes to wrap this up? that we can try to practice 
that will end up be being distinctively Christian is to be part of the putting on Christ. And I made a note or two to myself. First of all, try to operate with a high degree of suspicion about me. Okay? Tough to do, but just, you know, uh, be careful. Know that it is that I am self-serving. That's a fallback position, and it's going to take, um, for the most part, it's going to take the work of the Holy Spirit in me. It's going to take a lot of work with me on being humble and submissive. It's that daily aspect of going back to God, of renewing, um, of repeating to my own self the covenant. Lord, I do need you. Lord, you do know me. Um, it's the, the coming back to God on a regular, frequent basis. Hmm? We've got to practice that. It's the Holy Spirit who is in us when we're Christians. If the Holy Spirit is going to help us, we're going to have to make ourselves available to to receiving that help. I love the scripture in Romans where he said that the Spirit makes intercession for us beyond our words, beyond our ability to think it out, reason it out, and put it together. The Holy Spirit's working with us. But I'm going to have to stop and put myself in, in the attitude of prayer, which is a giving up and a letting go and a confessional and a surrendering sort of thing. I'm, I'm talking about that's, that's how I have to, to try to do it. What else do you folks find? What do you have to do with yourself to help yourself get to the place where we've got a chance at working stuff? Um, it seems to me, listening to everyone, that what's brought up is more resentment. And I think also it has to do with where you have power or not power. In the workplace, you may be powerless. Mm -hmm. You have to suck it up, depending upon what the situation is. You know, <coughs> you don't, you're not always on an equal place. Mm -hmm. To meet forgiveness in a deep sense is when there has been a deep pain and the ability to forgive and forget. Yes. And that is so very difficult. So how do you work on Gail? How do you work on Gail to make her more sensitive to that? What is it that, what is it that you have to do in your prayer and devotional life? What do you have to do? What do you guys do with yourselves to make, make yourself act like a Christian? What's the pain? What's effective? I'm saying, Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul called it dying daily. You know, you mean that means I've got to get up and kill certain aspects of myself on a daily basis? Well, I and the answer is only yes if I want to get along with other people. <laughs> I'll tell you, I have worked on, the, when I became a Christian, I thought, oh my goodness my children's father. Uh, this son of a gun's got to keep me out of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I have got 
to forgive him. <laughs> yeah. And he is not a nice person. He has said to me, yeah. I know I owe you, Gail, but I will not repay. And mm -hmm. continue to be a nut But it's your soul in the balance. That's right. right. So I, I spoke with ministers. I mean, when I tell you I worked on this. What do, what do you think was, the, what's, what's one of the best things that you know, that you have learned to do. But I wouldn't say I have done it to the No, but what are you trying to do? What do you do? I mean, what? I try. I what believe God, I must stand on a belief that God honors the endeavor. My heart is to forgive. I think I have forgiven, and then something Lord? comes up. Did you say, Lord? Did you say, Lord? Did you say, Lord? Help me mean, forgive him again. Help me oh, yeah. forgive him again. Absolutely. How many times have you forgiven? Seven times. What what do y'all what do y'all do? Where does this where does your failure in this take you? What 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 do you do to bring yourself back to the Lord? I know I'm not the only one that has to pray through this. Come on. Yes. Sometimes if you pray for the other person, you go through the motions, even if when you start, you don't think. Make yourself pray for make them. Yourself do, it, and God does, make do you do that? Does it help you? That time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, there probably might not be anything any more effective than trying to pray for the other person to find out how difficult that is to help me look at my attitude, right? Yes. Oh, I have a very wise daughter, and she's taught me a lot of stuff. And this isn't exactly biblical or the right way to go, but her motto is, fake it till you make it, Mom. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like suck it up, but then no. you'll make it. No. Keep your mouth shut till to start with. Don't go make it worse, right? Mm -hmm. I, know what, I know what a Christian ought to do. Try to make myself do that until I can get to the place that my spirit is in agreement. At least that. you'll learn to control your behavior a little bit. Yes. Hey, that would help us, would it not? You know, learn to keep our mouths shut and not spread gossip while we are still working on it. Yes, I'm just thinking whether it a lot depends on how important the relationship is. Oh, yeah. If it's your child mm -hmm. or oh, yeah. the spouse or the parent or even your cousins or whatever, if, if it's someone that you're not really interested in having a close relationship and they hurt you and you hurt them and you apologize and then you just let it go well, and don't gonna, deal with that. That's going to tell us something about how much, how significant it is and, and how, how much work are we willing to put out. Right. If you're not willing to put that work out, then, you know, just let it go. And forgiveness is not just a one-shot thing. No. I agree with Jason. Good news. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me that I can put myself on the altar and then get back up? Yeah. And the same, the same guy that got down there got back up? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have this little rule in my mind that I do. If I have to think about something, should I say it or shouldn't? If I have to think about uh -huh. it, then, then don't say it. One or two more, it's time to quit, is it not? I think I have to remember what uh, Matthew said. All right, what do you say? We all got specks in our eyes. 
Well, log jams. Well, everybody's got spec. Oh. We open up our spec. Okay. Uh, when we got a two before. And you bet. Know. You bet. You bet. <laughs> or, or a log jam. No, only God can change the heart. Ooh. Yes. And of course, um, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. One of the things, I guess, that also happens is that while we're in the midst of excusing ourselves or thinking or whatever, thank God the Holy Spirit does step in often and, and kind of strike us with, uh, with something that, that uh, makes us soften instead of, uh, aren't you thankful that God loves you enough as a Christian that he doesn't let us go headlong terribly far before the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And uh, then one of the other things to learn, I guess, is to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Um, let's pray. Lord, you know us. We are your children. We would be your disciples, Lord. We would be, we would be real Christians. And that's what we want. Yet we know that at times uh, there are certain things that, that we struggle with. And so we pray that uh, the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit will speak to us. Um, show us, Lord, what we need to know. Um, give us of, of yourself. Help us to have an attitude the attitude of Christ and, and help us Lord to know how to empty ourselves of ourselves make us your servants Lord we ask in Jesus name Amen